Hi, I'm Hallie. I was born and raised in Australia. My family is also quite wealthy. My parents are the owners of a famous fast food chain. Besides, my family's long-term business partner is the Jackson family. The two families have made an arrangement for me and Will Jackson to get married since we were kids. He's the same age as me and we're pretty close. Will and I have gone to same school from high school to college. We are very popular at school. But Will is more popular than me. He's famous not only because of his family background, but also because of his good looks. Will's platinum hair, brown eyes, and model-like physique makes many girls fall hard. He has a huge fangirl group at school. Wow! So handsome! Will, please be my boyfriend! Will, the prince of my heart! Just take a look at me once! It's true that girls are blind. Hmm, are you saying that because you're jealous of them? I don't want to come in. I'm fed up with your face. God only knows. An argument between me and Will happens. It's been like this the whole time over the years we've known each other. However, there is one special thing, and that is that Will treats me very well. Will only has eyes for me, so as long as I call him, he will be there. Will, what are you doing? Pick me up. I'll be done in 20 minutes. I'll be over. Can you come right now? I need to buy things urgently. Hmm. Go outside. I drove straight over. Of course. Other than me, no one else has such a privilege. But it seems that when people have everything, they don't appreciate it and neither do I. I began to act bored and when I saw Will, being with him made me uncomfortable. Hey, this lipstick color is social. Do you like it? I'll buy for you. Hey, let's go to have dinner tonight. I just discovered a really good steakhouse. Hey, why don't you answer me? You talk so much. I don't want to. I don't like anything. The way he cared about me bothered me. And gradually, I realized that I didn't have as much as love for Will as before. As usual, Will still sent his private driver to my house to pick me up at school, and he was waiting in the car. As soon as he saw me, Will greeted me with a warm smile. He looked like a child waiting for his mother to come back from the store. In response, I coldly got into this car and didn't look at Will once. The atmosphere in the car from home to school was very stuffy and tense, and Will seemed to notice something was different with me as well. As soon as the car arrived at school, a few groups of girls were standing around waiting to pick up their prints to get off. Just waiting for that, I move as fast as a squirrel and disappeared before Will noticed. As I ran, I nervously looked back to see if Will could catch up when I accidentally bump into someone's head. A stack of books flew. I panicked and quickly bent down to pick it up, apologizing non-stop. Sorry, sorry, I'm so careless. Meanwhile, he and I picked up a book together and accidentally touched hands. At this point, I looked up. It was a boy. The sunlight shining through the window on his face brightened his tough skin. His long black hair was tied up. He was deathly handsome. <laughs>
My heart skipped a beat. My stomach felt like there were thousands of butterflies flying around. Are you okay? His deep voice woke me up. I just nodded shyly and left quickly. In class, the teacher introduced new students. As soon as he walked in, everyone cheered for his handsomeness. The rugged good looks that only he had. Hi guys, I'm Leo, a new transfer student. Looking forward to your help. My eyes lit up. It was him. Unexpectedly, he was a new student, which was in the same class as me. My heart blossomed when the teacher appointed Leo to sit next to me. He also actively asked me to help keep up with the lessons in class. Hi, we meet again by chance. Hi, sorry about earlier. Then I smiled and tilted my head, and winked at Leo, making him blush. I guess Leo had already fallen in love, because no one could resist that adorable expression of mine. I couldn't concentrate the whole class that day, so I kept sneaking glances at him. At lunchtime, Will was waiting for me to go to lunch together, but I didn't like it. I made a face and walked over to Leo, invited him to have a private meal with me. Leo, of course, <laughs> agreed immediately, and just as the two of us were about to leave, Will pulled me aside to have a clear conversation. What are you doing? Let me go. Will looked me in the eye, stayed silent, then punched the wall hard. His eyes were red and streaked, then decisively said, "I'll definitely not give up on you, and our engagement too." I think we should stop here. I uncomfortably pulled my hand away, but Will held my hand tightly and refused to let go. Then one hand shoved Will's arm away. I rolled my eyes. A thought flashed through my mind: Who would dare do that to him? They have a lot of guts. I immediately looked over. It was Leo. He stood up to protect me. Hell is that? She didn't like it. Don't hurt her, or you have to deal with me. Will's expression was scary at this moment. He was very angry and grabbed my hand to pull me away, but still did not forget to give Leo a sharp look. Leo asked me, and we sat down to have lunch together. Through our conversation, I discovered that he and I actually had a lot in common. Before leaving, Leo also said, "If Will bother you again, just tell me." I realized one thing. Love was not something that could be arranged by our parents, but instead, by what we ourselves want. I seem to have fallen in love with Leo, love at first sight. From that day on, I did not see Will anymore. He did not come to pick me up from school, nor did he follow me like before. I asked the teacher for Will's class, and I knew that he had requested to preserve his academic results. And planned to study abroad in France. Naturally, I felt a little ripple in my heart. The feeling of sadness was fleeting, but the feeling of being free was greater. The fact that Will and I had problems with each other, I still hidden from my family. It would be a big deal if they knew. I spent more time with Leo. I liked the feeling of being with him. It was great. Once. In the evening, while I was in my bedroom, I heard a croaking like a frog in the garden below. It's strange 
There are frogs in the garden? Curiously, I went to the garden to see. It turned out to be Leo. He was waiting for me. I laugh at his joke. Leo asked me to go to a party at his friend's house and I agreed. When we got there, we happily danced all night while my emotions overflowed. I couldn't help reaching out and kissing Leo on the cheek. He was surprised for a few seconds and the next moment, Leo leaned down and gave me a passionate kiss. That was also my first kiss. After that, we officially started dating but didn't make it public. In the afternoon, Leo and I were walking in the school corridor when we saw the notice board crowded with students. Everyone was talking about the upcoming prom to be held next week and at the end of the session, the queen and king will be voted. I was very confident about this prom because every year, Will and I were chosen as the queen and king of the school. This year, it would definitely be me and Leo. Thinking of that, I got a feeling like an opening flag in my stomach. I glanced at Leo, who just stood silently and stared at the notice. Since the day of the prom announcement, Leo started acting strange. He was no longer warm to me. Leo no longer took the initiative to pick me up from school. We didn't go on as many dates. He always had some excuse to be absent. I felt that he had become really cold and distant from me. As the day of prom approached, I was nervous because I didn't get Leo's invitation to pair up. While half the boys at the school were lining up to invite me to come with them, I began to worry and feel more upset. Did not see Leo go to school, even texted and called. No answer. I felt like I had been abandoned. But I also worried about what would happen to Leo. I experienced this feeling of being left behind for the first time. I was not willing to just accept it. So I decided to go to Leo's house to see him and ask him what was going on. I was about to leave the house when I heard the familiar croak again. Recognized it was Leo. I happily ran down to the garden to meet him. He stood there, waving at me. My heart relieved that Leo was all right. My girl, I'll be honored to invite you to dance at the upcoming prom. I nodded vigorously in agreement and hugged Leo because I had been waiting for his question for so long. The day of the prom came, I prepared everything early and waited for Leo to come over. When we got there, the party has just started. The melodious music played. The couples began to dance romantic dances. Leo and I stood out among the couples. All eyes of admiration were on us. At the end of the dance, I suddenly remembered that I forgot my phone in Leo's car. So I borrowed his key to go to the car to get it. Sitting in the car, I took my phone and when I was about to leave, my eyes fell on the car's box. Part of the photo was protruding from the lid of the box. I opened the box to tidy up stuff for Leo. Surprisingly, there was a bunch of pictures of me and Will. But it's worth mentioning here that all the photos with my face were crossed out. I angrily took all the photos and had a huge questions to ask Leo. Stepping into the party, 
bright lights shone directly on me. Everyone stood aside to make way for me. Before I could understand what was going on, a voice sounded on the mic. Introducing everyone, this is Haley, Queen of Prom every year. Everyone started whispering loudly. It's Leo. Why was he standing in the podium? What was he going to do? But this year, you don't deserve that position. The last sentence hit me like a thunderbolt, and I stood dumbfounded. Everyone started whispering louder. On the big screen, Leo ran pictures of me and him, from our kiss to the slight revealing ones I'd secretly sent to Leo. For someone who has already engaged but so easy, think about it. Does she deserve the position of queen? My body was shaking now. My hands and feet were sweaty. My face was pale and I didn't know what to do. All eyes were on me and I staggered in fear. Out of nowhere, a guy ran up to the podium and punched Leo right in the face, causing him to fall and bleed. Everyone shouted in surprise. The big screen also went off. I realized it was Will. Leo sneered. He stood up and pointed straight at Will. I like you. We have been friends for a long time. But you don't understand how much I like you. Rooney Holly is the only thing I could do. Will frantically lunged at Leo and punched him a few more times before shouting. I always considered you a friend, but I didn't expect you to be such a jerk. Leo just smiled and didn't respond, nor dodge Will's punches. Maybe Leo understood. He did something bad. He was wrong. Wrong from the first moment when he accidentally liked his best friend of the same sex. Then, fortunately, a few people ran up the stairs. Otherwise, Leo's face would have been disfigured. Will took off his jacket and slowly walked over to me. He put it on me and let me back outside and said softly, Sorry, Leo was my best friend. From the moment you start to get bored of me, I had a premonition. I asked him to test you and didn't think things could go this far. I intend to leave everything behind and study abroad, but I can't forget you. Everything about tonight came to me so quickly, so brazenly, that I couldn't imagine ever having to endure this pain. It's also partly my fault. Will took me home. I kept silent. I also did not go to school, but stayed at home, buried in my own thoughts. The day I went back to school again, Leo also transferred to another school and Will went to study abroad. I was no longer in the mood for love, but instead, I wanted focus and self-development and studied hard. People also gradually <laughs> forgot the story about me that year. Now, my mood is much better. After graduating from university, I practiced taking over my family business. I had to go to the stores to monitor the work line to be efficient and learn how to operate it smoothly. One day, while at the store, I saw someone who looked like Will standing at the customer table. I curiously approached, and yes, we recognize each other. He has now become successful, no longer as handsome as before. Will took my hand and said, I've been waiting for this day for a long time. I'm back here 
to fulfill our betrothal. Hope you accept. Give me one more chance. Tears welled in my eyes, and Will pulled me into a tight hug. I trembled and cried, my feelings bursting because of his warm shoulder, so familiar. Actually, in my heart, I had forgiven him for a long time. I realized that it is not anyone else I want, just Will, my missing piece. I nodded in agreement and smiled happily. The teacher's eye twitched nervously when he looked at me. I stood in front of him, nervously rubbing my notebook. The girls were whispering and laughing, but the boys were ready to eat me up with their amorous stares. Katie, I have never seen a student like you. The teacher's voice quivered. Either you answer my question or you go straight to the principal. I squealed like a mouse. The boys were all gasping with emotion, and there was hysterical laughter among the girls. It was the toughest test I'd ever had. Hi, my name is Katie, and I'm actually a genius, but I have to pretend to be stupid to get guys to like me. Before this school year, I went to another school, and I had my picture up on all the honor boards. I could compete with a lot of the teachers in terms of knowledge, and our physicist even quit after arguing with me and threw a real tantrum on the principal. After fifth grade, I stopped doing homework altogether because I was so good at it, and I had a place at Yale already secured. But my life wasn't like a fairy tale. I guess it's no secret that guys don't like girls who are too smart. I have a beautiful appearance, but my intelligence scared away all the admirers. When I was on another date, I'd get a little carried away and I'd start discussing the stages of evolution, the boundaries of the universe, or the splitting of atoms. The guys would just blow right off, and they wouldn't even talk to me at school. But I wanted love so bad, more than anything. So, when I got transferred to a new, better school in the state, I decided to change my life. Why do I need brains that outshine my beauty? I want a boyfriend. I want dates and attention. So, I decided to play dumb. And according to my calculations, it was going to help me. The first day, I went to school as a living doll. The guys were drooling, but the girls were a little wary. I'm a quick thinker, so I went straight to the breach. Walking down the corridor, I supposedly tripped next to a handsome man. And he just happened to catch me. Baby, are you okay? He played with his eyebrows. Wow, you're strong. I squeezed his biceps. Are they made of steel? I just work out a lot. He answered proudly. And I drink protein. Do you drink them right? How much protein do you consume? What's your protein base? And is it certified? The guy's look immediately changed. He was batting his eyes stupidly. And I think he froze. I'm getting carried away again. What the hell was that curse? Okay, that was a slip. But I almost made it. I decided to change tactics and try my luck with a smarter guy. After picking the best-looking one in biology class, I paired up with him. Everything was going great. I was dumb as hell, and he felt like a real hero. He even put his palm on mine. It took my breath away. But what is he doing? This isn't right at all. I took the guy's microscope away. 
Are you an idiot? It's so clear. What the hell did you write? Katie, I... I... The poor guy started stuttering, and I started to rewrite the whole thing in a frenzy. And by the time I realized what I'd done, the guy had already run away. <coughs> and from that moment on, he was on his way to avoid me. What a genius idiot I am. Even zombie wouldn't eat my brain. I'm too smart. But I invented a new tactic, and I joined the company of beautiful fools. Around them, the guys walked like a herd of buffalo at the watering hole. I couldn't understand how it was possible. Even cats are smarter than these girls. Even my microwave knows more tasks than they do. The only thing that saved me was that I am a fast learner and could adapt to their strange behavior. Pretty soon, I could pretend to be so stupid that my brain was catching critical errors. And it worked. I was hit on by a real hottie. Pete and I went on a date, and this strong man was literally carrying me in his arms. I had never heard so many compliments about myself before. One day, he took me to the gym to show how strong he was. Wow, what a barbell. I went over to the dumbbells and looked at them stupidly. It's dumbbells, he proudly announced and hugged me. You don't know anything about it, do you, cat? No, will you show me? Sure, baby. That's a kettlebell. He held up a huge kettlebell, and I was fascinated by his muscles. And this is where I set my record. No one can beat me. Pete went over to the weight machine, set his maximum weight, and pushed the lever as hard as he could. I'm super-powered, you know? I'm like Superman. And then I started shaking with anger. My brain was screaming, and it became hysterical. Even my eyes went black. Superman, that's just leverage. I went over to the simulator. I made the lever longer, and I adjusted it. And then I put my little weight on it and did the same thing Pete did. It's basic physics. What is wrong with you, Pete? How can you be so stupid? There was laughter from all sides of the guys. Pete's lip trembled, and he ran away. And I slapped my forehead with my palm. I'd ruined it again. I was already desperate, thinking it was all useless. Plus, my studies made my teachers furious. I came in here with the best performance, but in reality, I couldn't solve an elementary example because of my disguise. My parents were hysterical, and I made up stupid excuses. I was getting ready to get smart, but then I met Caleb, a musician from the parallel class with an angelic voice. He was incredibly handsome and cool, though he was on the verge of dropping out. I don't need to study. I'm a musician, he was saying. But Caleb was so charming that I fell in love. He wooed me beautifully, composed songs, and gave me the most unforgettable dates. You're so good to me, Cat. You're so simple, not like those nerds. I hate nerds, I murmured, melting in his arms. I was finally done messing things up. My brain was just shutting down from love. But at the end of the semester, the midterm test began, which brought me back from the dream world. Caleb was so bad at studying that he wasn't even bothered. He'd be expelled for sure, and so would I. The teachers wanted to get rid of me on principle and wrote angry messages to my previous principal. Yeah, I really screwed him over. He vouched for me. So, in another algebra class, 
I got axed with an elementary question. Caleb was staring at me with love, and the teacher was freaking out. Boyfriend or career? A choice that seemed impossible to me. That's where I started my story. Sit down, cat, the teacher said nervously. You can go right after class and sign the expulsion papers. No! I came up to the blackboard. Give me your tasks, all of them. And I solved them all by writing all over the blackboard and even the wall. The kids looked at me with their mouths open, and it was like the teacher saw a ghost. Lesson after lesson, I amazed everyone. I pulled all my grades in just a few days, and the teachers, even the principal, saw me as a real treasure. But Caleb wasn't thrilled. So you're a nerd, he said disappointedly. Yes, but we're good together. You lied to me. You're a crammer, cat. I don't mess with nerds. You're a fool. I got angry. You'll get expelled. You won't even be able to play music. All the rock stars were nerds. He retorted. When? The 80s? Ow. This is the 21st century. Give me a break, cat. You have homework to do. He left. And I was filled with anger. How could he treat life like that? He'll ruin himself and be nothing. I stormed into his rehearsal room, blazing with anger. Come here, I said sternly and dragged the boy by the hand. What, are you out of your mind? Just drop your guitar already. I was as unstoppable as a snow avalanche. When I took Caleb back to my house, I locked the room where my books were already prepared. Cat, are you out of your mind? Sit down and listen. I sat down next to him, textbook in hand. Get away from me, why are you doing this? Because I love you, you fool. I won't let you get kicked out of school, understand? I'm not gonna read any stupid textbooks. You won't, just listen. You're a musician and you're better at hearing information. That's why it's hard for you to memorize lyrics. I made Caleb listen to himself. We took breaks for tea and conversation. And then I'd go back to hammering it into him. The kid didn't like it, but I managed to teach him for days at a time. Cat, that's it, that's it, I don't like it. Okay, I crossed my arms around my chest. My anger, overwhelming. School's not my thing, cat. Yeah, you're better off living with your parents until you're old. Work at the diner, play guitar in your spare time. Maybe even play at a cafe or two. Good luck, Caleb. When he left, I cried. I'd fallen in love for the first time, kissed for the first time, and he ruined everything. When he gets expelled, we'll never see each other again. He doesn't want someone like me. And I guess it wasn't love for him. For a week straight, all I listened to was the song that Caleb had dedicated to me. And then, in a heartbreak, I deleted it. I made my choice. But as soon as I did, I heard the same song from across the street. Caleb! I almost fell out the window. I'm sorry, cat. I'm an idiot. Caleb put the guitar down, and then he showed me his textbooks. I don't want to drop out of school, because that's where I see you. I love you, cat. Will you help me pass my exams? I was so happy. I was ready to fly. In the evenings, I saw Caleb on my own, and at night, I recorded audio lessons for him. When he couldn't come to class, he'd listen to my voice on his headphones and learn. Even when he was driving his car around town, I could hear my voice through the speakers. It was exam day, and I couldn't help myself. 
I give my boyfriend a big kiss. You can do this, Caleb. Just know that I love you. While we waited for the test results, Caleb wasn't himself. The teachers and principal just chuckled indulgently. And they were surprised he was still in school. Even his friends were convinced that he was going to get kicked out of school. But worst of all, Caleb himself was sure of it. Classes with you were the best time of my life, he said. Caleb looked at me sadly. Thank you, Cat. I won't forget that. I burst into tears, thinking this was the end of our relationship. The next morning, after a sleepless night, I heard screams under the window. It was Caleb, and he looked like a happy puppy, not a badass rocker. I passed the test, Cat. I'm staying in school. We can keep our hands off each other for days with joy. Finally, my intelligence was able to help me get on with my personal life and also help the person I love. Even now, Caleb often listens to my records and learns new things, but he doesn't forget about music either. Guys, if you think being smart is a curse, give it up. Intelligence can give you so much more than popularity in school. Don't sacrifice your future for supposed fame. Are there any of you who suffer because of your intelligence? Share your stories in the comments. Like and share this video with your friends. Also, be sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell. I stepped back in fear, thinking I was dead. With my back against the wall, I squeezed my eyes shut and couldn't hold back a scream. Now this huge hot dog was going to kill me for sure. Why did we even come out of the bunker? Hi, my name's Stacy, and I lived in a bunker with my family for 17 years. And it honestly wasn't the best idea to come out of there. But back to me and the killer hot dog which was reaching out to me. He must have had a gun in there. I screamed even louder. And I think the hot dog himself was scared by my scream. Come on, it's just a flyer for a coffee shop. You don't have to react like that. No, I mean, I know I've pissed off everyone in this neighborhood. But your reaction, miss, is very hurtful, you know. What? You can talk? I asked with a dumbfounded expression, touching a soft hot dog. It's strange. It's made of some kind of material, pleasant to the touch. Isn't it real? Of course I can. I'm actually a human being too, and you should respect my work. An offended hot dog threw some colorful flyers at my feet and walked away to my loud laughter. I can calm down when I imagined what the whole situation looked like from the outside. And I didn't know people here dressed up in food costumes to promote the food itself. Well, that's not a bad move. I took the flyer and went to the cafe to get my free hot dog. And while I ate the tastiest food in the world, sitting at a table, I thought about my parents who are probably looking all over town for me. We came out of the bunker not long ago. Honestly, I thought I'd spend my whole life in it because mom and dad were terrified of the outside world. They always told me it wasn't safe here and I believed them, even though it made me sad. We had a lot of books in the bunker, and I read them every day, and they were so interesting and exciting. I wanted to see more and more of the outside world every day. But then, something clicked in their heads, and they realized that they couldn't keep me in isolation forever. So when I turned 17, we went out on the surface, and I was blown away by how big and noisy the world really was. Honestly, I was expecting to see vast oceans and pirates. And by the way, I did see them. Except they weren't sailing in a huge ship. They were entertaining children near some 
tall building. I ran up to them with a happy smile. And I told them I wanted to be a pirate too, to look for treasure. The pirate even got confused. And I took away his sword and began to scare the children, thinking that they probably want to take the chest of gold. But the children were not frightened. They laughed and shouted for joy. And one of them even took my sword and bent it. It's not real? I wondered. Of course it isn't real. The pirate grumbled. So you're not a real pirate? I was about to burst into tears. Girl, are you out of the woods? Pirate don't exist since a long time ago. Now go away and don't interfere with children's party. Not only had I been insulted, but I was disappointed in pirates. But that wasn't the worst part. I lost my head so much in joy when I saw the pirates that I ran away from my parents and got lost. At first, panic overwhelmed me and I couldn't breathe. The high-rises were floating in front of my eyes and my head was spinning. But when I calmed down, I realized this was a great chance to explore the real world. I was sure my parents had limited me in many ways. And then, an epic encounter with the hot dog happened, which scared the crap out of me. Because I didn't know that food had learned to walk. But as it turned out, it was just a man who made me try a hot dog for the first time in my life. To be honest, I was getting pretty tired of canned food. When I walked out of the cafe, insanely happy, I almost got hit by a car on the road. Look where you're going! The driver shouted at me. You watch where you're going. Can't you see that the light is red? Girls aren't allowed to cross the road on red. The driver, upon hearing this, wagged his finger at my temple, and I showed him my tongue and crossed the road still, even though other cars were honking their horns. Oh, what strange rules they have. Who decided to discriminate against women and forbid them to cross the road at a red light? But as soon as I stepped back from that rudeness, someone grabbed my arm. Jin, how many times do we have to look for you? We're in the middle of a photo shoot. There was a disgruntled woman standing in front of me I've never seen before in my life. But I didn't. Let's go, otherwise Alex will be furious. What's the matter with you anyway? You're dressed like you just got out of the bunker. But I am. That's a good one, Jean. But now is not the time for it. I spent the whole trip trying to explain to the stranger that she'd mistaken me with someone else. But the woman was either on the phone with someone else, or she wasn't paying attention to me. We arrived at some studio. The photographer looked at me unhappily and said I looked terrible. Is everyone here so rude? I got indignant and crossed my arms. You act like it's your first day on the job, girl. Alex snorted. Run and get changed. I don't want to see that trash on you again. They took me to a room with a big mirror, and I got makeup and cool fancy clothes which were more like shapeless rags. How are my clothes any worse? They're even better. What kind of fashion is this? During the photo shoot, Alex kept yelling at me because my posing was awful and I didn't know how else to stand. I wanted to cry and go back to the bunker because my loving parents were waiting for me there, not angry photographers. You're crying too? You're crazy. We're gonna have to do your makeup all over again. I'm not Jin, leave me alone. Have you been out till morning again? You feel very bad if you don't get enough sleep. That's enough, I'm leaving. They tried to stop me. Fortunately, the real Jin appeared in the studio at that time. She stared at me in utter shock. Alex and that woman were also surprised. They'd mistaken their motto with me. However, there was no apology from them. They just threw me out, calling me a fraud.
How rude people are after all. After that incident, I sat down on the pavement and I cried. I was so scared. I was lost and didn't know how to find my parents. I wanted to go back to the bunker. And even though it was cramped and gloomy, it was a normal environment for me and my family. I walked down the street as far as I could see until I met a policeman. Seeing my condition, he asked me what had happened. I told him the details of my situation. He didn't believe me about the bunker, but he promised to find my parents. They took me to the police station, where I spent full 24 hours. But it was worth it, because the next night, my parents came to pick me up. Stacy, honey, we're so glad we found you. We were so worried. Me too. I hugged mom and dad, and I cried tears of joy. The policeman asked me sternly if it was true that we were living in a bunker. I just wanted to say that it was true. My father interrupted and said, That a bunker is what we call our little provincial town. Later, my parents explained to me that we shouldn't tell outsiders where we lived. Are we going back to the bunker? No, my daughter. My mother said, and she stroked my head. We'll live here now. I was very upset because I didn't like this world at all. In the books, it was different, but in reality, it was noisy and dusty and terribly cruel. Turns out, my parents had an apartment all along. We started living there. At first, it was very hard for me to fall asleep in a soft bed, going out to the store every day and standing in huge lines. But most of all, for some reason, it was the loud music that scared me. I wanted to hide from it as quickly as possible. Also, it seemed very strange to me that people would ask me how I was doing. But when I started to tell them my life story, they didn't listen to me at all. How silly. They asked, didn't they? However, I really liked the internet. But when I started using it, I ran into some scammers. They stole all the money from my dad's account that I'd been saving in there for 20 years. Can you believe it? I was so ashamed. I even tried to lie about having nothing to do with it. You think the money disappeared on its own? Dad frowned. Of course. The internet is so unpredictable and confusing. But in the end, Dad cracked me up and only scolded me for lying to him. That's how we ended up with no money. I was insanely ashamed of what I'd done, and I wanted to give my father back all his savings. But how? I don't know how to do anything. I didn't even go to school. They probably wouldn't hire me without it. However... Good luck turned to me. One day, I met the very same gin in the store. The girl recognized me and apologized for the way I'd been treated so rudely. And then, she made me a lucrative offer. Since we looked so much alike, we could do a couple's photo shoot. That would be awesome. The PR people would come up with a story about missing twins who meet up years later. But that's a lie. I objected. Yeah, but why do we care? They'll pay a lot. That's all that matters. Do you agree? Of course I said yes. After all, our family needed the money. But I really didn't like modeling. Everyone yelled at me. They were always pulling my hair. And I had to pose for hours at a time. Oh, it was exhausting. Jin, on the other hand, was happy with everything. She once told me that we were making a lot of money now. And she was giving half of it to me. But then I found out by chance that she wasn't giving me half of what she earned, but only a third. Even she lied to me. Although I trusted her, 
told her about the problems in the family, but Jin was devoid of empathy, and she cared more about making money than about my trouble. After that, I quit my job, even though I needed the money. Our family would get by somehow, but I wasn't going to put up with the lie, because I knew that if you've been cheated once, then they would cheat you the second and third time. My parents, learning about this situation, supported me, and then made an appointment to see a psychologist, because every day in the big city, I was getting worse and worse. Thanks to therapy, I stopped being afraid of music, big buildings, and the strange people that were all around me. And I finally started using the subway, and I even felt comfortable there. The subway was underground. It reminded me remotely of my home bunker. Later, when our family had money, my parents hired me a homeschooling teacher, so I wouldn't look too stupid at 17. That's how drastically my life changed when I came out of the bunker. I'm used to it now, and I remember my past adventures with laughter. How would you feel in the big city after living in isolation? Write your answers in the comments, click the bell so you don't miss new stories, and like this video! Hi everyone, my name is Sue, and animals like me very much because I understand their language. In fact, this is not an innate gift. Soon you will know where I learned it. When I was about seven, I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa. My parents and I were visiting friends of our family. They lived in a huge farmhouse. Of course, I could not resist the rabbits, horses, and the baby chicks, so I hung out with them almost all day. Once, I realized that a watchdog named Wind had been having a headache for a pretty long time already, and he asked me to take him to the vet. How could I understand that? I have no idea. Telepathically, I guess? I could have taken it for childish fantasy and simply ignored the dog's complaints, but I decided to tell the adults about the dog's problem. My parents gave me a very strange look and felt awkward. It didn't seem funny for their friends, though. They started asking me for how long he'd been suffering from pain and why he hadn't told them about it before. And how was this dog supposed to tell them about it? But that was not the point. It turned out that about a month ago, the owners noticed something strange in Wynn's behavior. This kind and even-tempered dog turned into an aggressive badass. Moreover, he behaved like that not only with the other animals, but also with the owners who attributed everything to the poor fellow's age. That night, they took Wynn to the vet, who delivered the verdict. The dog was healthy. He was very surprised when the owner insisted on examining the dog's head. As a result, Wind was diagnosed with a very serious and unpleasant disease, but it was successfully cured. He keeps guarding the farm and is very thankful for my help. By the way, the horses on that farm asked to tell the owner that they did not like the new feed and they asked for the old one back. I was a complete stranger to them and I had no idea what they were being fed with and I never wanted to know that. However, I was right even about that. The new feed appeared in the stable less than a week ago, and the horses could barely eat it. After that, I decided to contact the animals more often in order to find out if I could understand them for real, and what such communication could really bring. But my decision was not that important, because cats, dogs, and even birds came to me on their own will and shared their problems and thoughts. 
One day, a cat named Martin came up to me on the street. He went out for a walk, and he told me to change my route because there was something scary going on in front of the bank. He told me there were a lot of police, some women were shouting, and children were crying. I didn't want to ruin my plans because of the cat. I was in a huge hurry for my friend's birthday party, so I just kept walking. Martin trailed behind me, grumbling that women were very stubborn and that our logic was twisted. He asked me to change my mind and go back, and I asked him to back off and do his own thing. When I finally got to the bank, I heard shots and saw that the street was surrounded by police. I actually heard women and children crying. I whipped around, grabbed Martin, and ran away. We sat in the nearest alley, and I decided to ask him how we communicated. Could he explain it to me? He said that this was his first time, too. Normally, people could not understand him at all. Martin and I became friends after that. When he went for a walk, he dropped in and called on me. We could wander about the streets and talk about life for hours. We often met other cats who were very surprised that I could understand the cat language. By the way, cats have their own mindset and they are all very different, just like people. They can be open and kind, but they can also be feisty and aggressive. I don't know how, but soon the journalists found out about me and decided to interview me. They asked if I knew where I got this ability from and when I found out about it. I replied that I did not know, but most likely it was just my feature. I couldn't wait for my interview to come. I wanted to see myself on TV and record the broadcast to remember it. I also told all my friends and acquaintances on which channel and what time the program would be. So I was not the only one who couldn't wait for it. And there it was, the long-awaited broadcast, which immediately surprised me with its name. The topic of the show was Experience Stress Revealed Her Incredible Ability. Hmm, that's strange. What stress were they talking about? I didn't remember telling them anything like that. In fact, I never complained about my life, because I thought that I was very lucky with my parents. I thought maybe there was going to be an additional story in the show. When the show started, I was shocked right away because there was a photo of a little girl in a doghouse in the opening. Have they really decided to make me a laughingstock by comparing me to a dog? I thought and started to worry about how that would make me look to my friends. However, the reality was much worse. At the very beginning of the show, the TV host started to tell a story about little Sue who had experienced great stress. She was three when tragedy struck. Her father was killed in a shootout, and her mother took her little daughter to a village where they started to live in a small private house. Nobody knew what happened to her mother when she disappeared, but one day Sue was found in a doghouse together with a stray dog and her puppies. The girl turned into Mowgli, and she was likely to have spent a pretty long time with the animals. She used to eat with them from the bowl that the stray dog brought and used to sleep together with them on the ground. When people found her, she was scared. She did not speak at all, and she was very dirty. However, she got along well with dogs. Have you already guessed that it's about me? I did not believe it at first. I was hoping it was not me, but some other girl. But yes, it was about me. And then a reporter said that soon after I had been sent to the orphanage, people came to adopt me. 
Those were my current parents. They taught me to eat using silverware, talk, and sleep on the bed. I managed to catch up with the children of my age in terms of developmental level. I learned how to use modern conveniences, but I kept feeling comfortable with animals. It turned out that I had always been like this. And even when I realized that I could understand animals and vice versa, my parents were not surprised at all because I had been raised by animals for some time. They always knew about that, but they did not tell me anything about it, just as they hid my origin from me. I never thought that I was adopted. That was a real shock for me. After the show, my phone was ringing off the hook. I got a pile of messages from my friends and classmates asking me what it all meant. They even felt sorry for me. At that time, I was not ready to answer any questions and simply turned off my phone. But I had a lot of questions for my parents. They also saw the show, but at that time they were at work, so they came home with a prepared speech. They confirmed the words of the reporter that I was just like Mowgli. They admitted that I was adopted and that I used to live with dogs. And they said that they had no idea that the journalists would do such a deep dive. They were hoping to keep the secret of my origin at least until the legal age. And then my mom and dad asked me to forgive them. To be honest, I didn't understand why I should forgive them. I wasn't angry at them. I just wanted to know the details of my early childhood and about my life before I became part of this family. And of course, I was dying to know where my mother was. My parents agreed to help me find her, but unfortunately, that turned out to be impossible. She was still listed as missing. We found out only that she used to work as a dog handler until my father died. It meant that I got that love for animals not only because I was close to them, but also genetically from my biological mother. By the way, after the show, people started asking me to talk to their pets and help understand them. It began to bring me some money. Sometime after the show, a lot of people simply turned away from me, but some kept supporting me, and I needed time to digest the information received and make it clear in my head. The news was very sudden and unexpected. However, I've recently realized that I cannot change the past, and it's good that I don't remember anything from my early childhood. But if I have a unique opportunity to understand animals, I must use it. Maybe this is my chance to become famous and to make my contribution to science. Would you like to understand the language of animals? And if you had such an ability, how would you use it? Share your answers in the comments. Also, like this video and subscribe to our channel.